Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday Meeting Podcast. Serenity Sunday is now hybrid, meeting in person at Roxbury Park in Beverly Hills and on Zoom. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroups webpage at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live in either iteration. Now that we're meeting in person, Serenity Sunday has regular meeting expenses and would appreciate Seventh Tradition donations to help support the meeting and this podcast. You can donate via Venmo at Serenity Sunday. Last four digits of the phone number are 6255 or through PayPal, Serenity Sunday 1212 at gmail.com. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday podcast are those of the individual speaker and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. And now, our speaker. Okay, now it's time for the leader to share for 20 minutes. Kelly has established that she is a timer. And now I am going to share. Okay, I'm a little discombobulated, so I apologize. I'm This is my first time doing like a hybrid and a live. So I'm going to look at the audience rather than the people in front of me because I, that's, you know, whatever. I don't even know what to say at this point. Okay. So, and I kind of brought notes because I wanted to make sure I kind of covered off on everything, but I want to, first of all, thank John for asking me to lead. I've known John for a long time and I'm really grateful to know you. And, um, and Mark, if you can, um, please put up my pictures just as a quick snapshot. Um, and I want to qualify. I came into the program and um, this is my first, um, when I went to Weight Watchers, you can see that I lost 90 pounds in 1998. Um, and I'll get into that in a bit when I talk about all the things that I try to do to get well. But that sign was made because I was going to possibly be a leader. And I really thought that this was going to be the answer. I thought I got it. That was in 1998. And I went to Weight Watchers probably 15 to 20 times after that with the same weight problem. So I'm going to qualify. I have six and a half years of abstinence and I'm maintaining over 105 pound weight loss. And I'm maintaining it for the first time in my life. You can see most of these are pictures when I was younger. I don't have a whole lot of pictures when I got um, when I did my roller coaster and my fluctuation, but trust me, my 100 pounds came and went many, 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 many times. So I have a lot of, um, um, my body shows it. You can't tell it in clothes, but I do have, uh, the scars and you know what? I don't, I don't regret, I don't regret it. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what it was like. Um, what happened and what it's like now. So, um, you know, I come from a very addicted uh, household. My mother was very obese when she was little um, and stayed obese her whole life and struggled with weight her whole life. There were four of us kids. We all were touched by addiction. Um, my, um, my father was a Holocaust survivor. They met after the war. Um, my mom um, get bribed. If she would lose weight, they would give her a fur coat. They would send her to Paris. They would do this. Well, the last bribe 
was they sent her to Paris. She went there to meet a man and she didn't like him because he wasn't handsome enough because she had never had a boyfriend because she had been obese all her life. So she met my dad and he was extremely handsome and they spoke the same language at that time, which was Hungarian. My mother, my mother's mother was from Eastern Europe and my mother did understand Hungarian. My father was from Czechoslovakia. Anyways, fast forward, they got married six weeks later and you know, she was pregnant and that was it. My mother promised my father the moon. He was an Orthodox Jew. She said she would be that. They didn't know each other at all. And that marriage was something to behold. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> my mother was a professional gambler. She was a smoker. Motherfucker was her number one word. She was happy. She called him her, her biggest anger was she was not a motherfucker. She would call him a mother huncher. Huncher. Huncher was worse than fuck, right? <laughs> and when my mother would get mad to stick it to him, she'd bring in this shrimp and fry it up in the house. So there you go. She was very, very, very funny, but she was also super, super cool and super, super prop. And you know what? I don't hold one inch against her at all. But we all really have to say we got we got a lot of my mother's very dominant personality. So I'm a compulsive overeater, but I, of course, have dabbled in drugs, sex, alcohol, cigarettes. You know, my, my drug of choice was, is food. My older brother, um, which was the shining star of my mother's eye, he was six foot four, extremely handsome, and a medical doctor. And um, there was nothing this man could do wrong, except that he was a cocaine and alcohol addict. And he almost died when he was 50. He quit cold turkey but he died a very premature death at 65 from the abuse to his body. My sister um, was 350. She's had the surgery. She's one of us. She won't, she doesn't want to come here. She can't, she doesn't want to go there. If you know what I mean, she just can't go there. Um, so she's kept off about a hundred pounds. And then my uh, younger brother really, really, really struggled and um, got involved with gambling and uh, dealing uh, marijuana, and he met the wrong person, and he got murdered when he was 27. So now there's two of us, my parents have died, and there's two of us, it's me and my sister. But the point is that we're all touched by the addiction. And the addiction is what I have. I'm a food addict, just like an alcoholic. And I'm gonna tell you how I arrest that as I get into my recovery. So anyways, it all started when I was very young. I got burned accidentally when I was five years old. I was in the hospital for six weeks and nobody could visit me without a chocolate. I like chocolate. Now, I, as I changed over the years, I only like vanilla. But when I was young, <laughs> I only liked chocolate. You could only bring me a chocolate milkshake if you visited me in the hospital. And that kind of began that association of, mm, that feels good. But, you know, the monkey was not on my back with the claws dug deep into me until I was about 18. Prior to that, food was fun. Food was fun in my house. Me and my sister were food buddies. We would make egg salad sandwiches in the middle of the night. We went to Weight Watchers as a group. We made our buttermilk milkshakes with the Splenda and the frozen strawberries and the cans of tuna. We, everything was fun, fun, fun. Holidays, I could imagine there's a table here and there is a table all the way and it goes all the way down and there would be 15 appetizers there would be 12 main courses 
and 25 desserts. And that's how we rolled. And we just, it was fun. We would be high as kites. The way we knew the meal, 14. Okay. The way we knew the meal was a success is if my brother, the medical doctor, passed out on the recliner from being drugged from eating the entire potato cocoa. So I just want you to get the full impact <laughs> of the family there. Okay. So um, you kind of get it. It was all fun. I went away 18. I had my big heartbreak. A guy didn't like me and I had to leave the country. You know what they say about us, break a nail and call 911. Well, I had to leave the country. I was in Israel for a solid year, gained about 80 pounds, came home. My mom was um, going to opt to fast because she needed to have hip surgery and she needed to lose a hundred pounds before they would perform the sur surgery. Well, I was 19 and I, that was my first octopus. I lost about probably 90 pounds. I didn't eat for, I don't even remember, six, eight months, whatever. I got hives. I mean, you name it, it was a horror story, but you know what? That's what I did. And I remember I did it. I lost the weight and my sister was getting married. And the next day, I, the night before she was getting married, I sat in her kitchen on the floor and I had grabbed a piece of Jarlsberg cheese. And I sat there on the floor and I was just, I couldn't get it. I, it was, I had to, I was choking. I needed to get it in so fast. And then that was the beginning. It was a hundred loser gain 100, lose 100. And I'm going to, some of you have heard my, my little list, but I'm going to read it to you. These are the things that I did to arrest this problem because I didn't understand that I was an, I literally did not understand until six years ago that I'm an addict, that I can't have certain foods, that they trigger the craving. And once I put it in my mouth, I cannot stop. I didn't know that. So I tried OA since 70. I mean, I just tried it and I had many, many things here and people tried to tell me and I just, I couldn't get it until I could get it. How food at food addicts anonymous weight watchers too many times to count um, outpatient Raider Institute. For those of you who are old enough, Many, many spas, Valley Green in Utah, Esalen up north, Omega in New York, Miraval in Arizona, Canyon Ranch in Arizona, nutritionists, personal trainers, Bob Green, Oprah's guru, which was her uh, uh, physical trainer, behavior modification, intuitive eating, Cedar Sinai, Nancy Sokoloff, who was the renowned eating disorder specialist, UCLA OCD, because I really thought I had OCD because I couldn't stop. Octopus three times, pre-measured food, Pritikin, and again, for those of you who are old enough, the, uh, the Citadon building, which is now Casa Del Mar, was Pritikin, and I went there many, many times. Acupuncture, Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem, Tony Robbins, rabbis, Kabbalah, psychiatrist, drugs, tapping, green, self-help books, Reiki, chakra, healing, massage, massage, and hypnotherapy. And I might be missing some. <laughs> Seriously, okay? So um, that's it, and um, that's it. So what happens? So about in, ninth, in, in, in 2003, my father passed away, and from September, how much time do I have now in this yeah. section? Ten. Yeah. Seconds? Ten minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, my father <laughs> passed away, 
And I gained from September to December 50 pounds. All I ate was cheese, bread, and wine. She, oh, and excuse me, I forgot. My drug of choice was um, frozen yogurt. So I'm sure some of you know about this very special place, which I call the Bermuda Triangle, <laughs> which is on the corner of Westwood Boulevard and Olympic. It's penguins. And next to across the street was um, Baskin and Robbins. And then you had um, the big chill. And I would go and I would line it up in my car and it would just drip. And then I would eat it with, a, you know, like a, in utter frenzy. And I would just go from place to place. And then I would eat that just till I could get to the corner of La Cienica in Olympic, where there was, um, what do you call it? Uh, El, Pollo, El Pollo Loco, which had the foster streets. So I was somebody that really needed to keep that throat open. And so soft serve was whether, and so yogurt was my drug of choice. Anyway, so my father died and I went into one of my many dark places. And that's what addiction does for me. Now I'm going to read my next little list for you. Aren't you all lucky? So this is what I know that addiction does. You know, it's so funny when people come in here and they say, I was so depressed. Yeah. <laughs> Compulsive overeating is a depressant. It is, if you want to get depressed, go ahead. You know, be an alcoholic, be a drug addict, be a professional gambler, be a sex addict, and you're going to be, you're going to be depressed. But I wasn't just depressed. I had terror. I was bewildered. I was shocked. I can't believe it. I got it. Just like when I was going to be that Weight Watchers um, leader. I went away for the weekend to be trained and I binged the whole weekend and I couldn't believe it. So I was bewildered. I was shocked. I was in despair. I was embarrassed. I was hopeless. I had self-pity. I was in pain, physical pain. I ate so fast and hard. I stretched my skin and I felt it. I could feel my skin stretching and it hurt. I couldn't sleep. I had very big anxiety. My heart would race at night from fear. I would be confused. I don't understand. Why? Why? I couldn't understand. I was frustrated. I was stuck. And I was very, very immature, very, very immature. And then what went with all that are buying clothes, altering clothes, throwing out clothes, buying clothes, altering clothes, buying clothes, money spent, car accidents, driving like a lunatic with my food, not even paying attention to the road. All right, so you all got it. Anyways, <laughs> when my father died, I was very depressed. I went back to OA and I began in abstinence. And that abstinence was no alcohol because that was my gateway and no frozen yogurt. But I will tell you, for 12 years, I was abstinent. But I was really abstinish and I didn't coin that word. <laughs> I didn't coin that word, someone else did. And what that meant was, no, I didn't need to have my frozen yogurt and my alcohol. But I sure binged. I would binge and then I, ooh, I would get it back. And then I binge and, ooh, I got it back. And then I binge, ooh, I got it back. And my sponsor would say to me, that's okay, honey, you're a compulsive overeater. And it's true. But you know what? It's not okay because there are options. We have choices. Now, I didn't get it. Honest to God, I don't blame her. I don't blame me. I don't blame anybody. I didn't get it. Now, if she would have said, 
you know, like throwing, you know, a warm blanket to someone who's in a dark tunnel, if she didn't and kept throwing me out and saying, or just saying, you know what, we don't do that. We just don't do that. That's not what we do. If you're an alcoholic, you don't drink alcohol. You could have soda and water and lemonade, but you can't. So let's figure this out. But I didn't get it. So then what happened? So I'm going to wrap it up really quickly. So I used, this was my home meeting, this Serenity Sunday. I lived in the city and I moved to the valley about, uh, I guess it was seven years. I don't even remember anymore. And when I moved, it was like, I, again, you know, because I'm very immature, it was like, oh my God, I'm going to die over this move. <laughs> Why? Because I couldn't, I had a new dry cleaner. <laughs> I had a new Ralph's and I got lost. And my son went to a new school and blah, 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 blah. And I ate. And I ate and I went to Weight Watchers again. This was not even six or seven years ago. And I gained about 40 pounds fast and furiously. And I kept going to meetings and I would call the winners. And when I say a winner, I mean, these are people that were living life on life's terms. They weren't singing Dixie constantly. They cried, they laughed, they felt, they stayed abstinent and they were at a normal body weight. And that's what I wanted. So I called the winners and then, but I kept saying, I would eat and I would say, yeah, but I'm, I'm abstinent because I didn't have my frozen yogurt. My, 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 she goes, well, that's not, and I, we already read what, what our mission is here. And that's to not have compulsive overeating behaviors. And I did, and that's what I was still doing. So finally, I'm, I'm wrapping it up, folks. Mother's Day, uh, six and a half years ago, I binged all day. I adopted my son when I was 47 years old. So you would think that you would really want to have a special moment with your son on Mother's Day, but I didn't. I wanted to binge. So we went to a movie. I sent him away so I could eat a vat of large popcorn and really eat it fast because, you know, you get a free one when you eat the first one. And I needed to eat both of them in that hour or in 20 minutes during, you know, Scooby-Doo or whatever. And I ate all day and I ate a lunch that was, you know, bigger than this room. And again, here we go. Depression, sadness, horror, blah, blah, blah. And I made an outreach call and it was Sunday night and she picked up and she said, can you have an abstinent dinner? And I just couldn't believe she said that to me. And I thought, are you kidding? It's Sunday night. No. And she said, if you don't do this, you're not going to do it tomorrow either. And I did. And that's when I began my abstinence. And from there, everything has happened to me. And I am so grateful. First of all, I do what I call sober eating. And if anyone's interested, I can explain it in another time. There is a workshop on the OA um, website that really goes into it and explains. And it's really helped me understand um, how to approach my food how to um, identify alcoholic foods and eating behaviors. It's helped me know that if I want to eat, which I don't anymore, I have complete neutrality with food. I have no desire to eat right now. I really, if I'm sad and I have a lot of stuff going on, I have a son in college, his first semester away, big transition for him, big transition for me. He is miserable. He's crying. He wants to come home. I, my heart's breaking in half. I got to stay calm. I got 
to steady. I got to be supportive. I got to blah, 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 blah. And I just want to be there. I don't want to eat. I don't want to shut down. I don't want to numb out. I want to get into the solution. I want to be well. I want to recover. So here's what I've learned. How much more time do we have now? One no way. All right. I just want to say that I learned so much and I'm so grateful. Um, I'm just really grateful. I'm not going to be able to tell you everything I'm right now. I don't have time, but I will say this. This is a program of recovery. I wish for all of us that we can all be in recovery and it comes with good, bad, and ugly. I mean, it just does. This is called life. We're human beings and we experience life through our emotions. And when we shut them down, we're denying who we are, which is being a human being. So, um, you know, anybody that's struggling, just keep coming back. And uh, I look forward to hearing from all of you. Thank you.